What's up everybody? GenX Divinet Investor here. You can and will become a millionaire. There is no doubt in my mind. In fact, I'll show you how it's possible to become a multi-millionaire without inheriting money or winning the lottery or hitting it big on YouTube or something. So I thought it'd be good to open this video with showing what happened in the market this week and how that can impact a decently sized portfolio. So the Dow lost about 12% this week. And this is what red looks like with a little bit of green. If you looked at my Apple video, you would see that my portfolio value was about 1. I think 1.67 million. And right now it's at about 1.52 million. So that's a about 9 point, what, 9.9% 9 .9 drop. So that's about hundred and a little over 150 grand on paper to give you just a frame of reference. So for those of you who haven't seen my portfolio, basically the way this works is I have the ticker here, the company logo here, how many shares I have. This signifies if it, if it's green, if it's went, if it went up for the day, red, if it didn't, this right here is a spark line, which shows how the stock has done in the last 365 days. So it's green if it's positive red if it's negative and then we have the current PE and the average weighted PE so the portfolio's average weighted PE is a 25.79 we have forward PE and an average weighted forward PE so the portfolio's average weighted forward PE is a 19.89 the sectors it is in and the percent of the portfolio so you can see that since Apple has been going down and Microsoft has been going up that now Microsoft is the top position in the portfolio at 8.33%. Annual dividend, when they commonly will increase their dividend, the upcoming pay date, so it is yellow if it's within a month, and it's turquoise if it's within a week, and then it's green if it's the same day. So that just helps me visually tell when things are getting paid out. Dividend yield, and then the three-year dividend CAGR, five-year dividend CAGR, and sorry, CAGR, and 10-year dividend CAGR. And then this is the portfolio's average weighted five-year dividend CAGR, which is 7.64%. And we see that the portfolio's average weighted dividend yield, or the starting yield of the portfolio is 3.25%. As I mentioned, it's at about 1.52 million and it's dripping around 49,350. Since my Apple video, uh, a few dividends have come in. And so that's what you also see reflected here. But I thought that would be useful to see. Oh, and for the folks that haven't seen this, this is the allocation. So you can see that Infotech is Apple and Microsoft at 16% of the portfolio. Healthcare is 11.3% and that's J&J, AbbVie and Pfizer. Consumer staples food beverages is Pepsi and Coke at 12.2%. Utilities, Duke and Southern Company at 10.6%. And then we have real estate at 6% with realty income. Here we have consumer staples household goods which, with Procter & Gamble, Kimberly Clark, and Colgate Palmolive. Communication services, AT&T at 5.5%. Industrials, 3M, Leggett & Blatt, and Caterpillar at 9.3%. Consumer discretionary, which is McDonald's, Starbucks, um, and Home Depot and Disney at 9%. Here, energy is 3.9% of the portfolio with Chevron and Exxon, and then financials with Goldman Sachs and Travelers. And then for the folks who haven't seen this, we have 
other stats that are useful. Average weighted years of increasing dividends in the portfolio is about 35 years. Portfolio's average weighted beta is 0.71, and the average weighted market cap is about 324. My hope is that this video will inspire you to start investing and to keep investing, as well as help you make good financial decisions and avoid making the mistakes I made. I'm going to show you the 10 things you can do to make sure you end up at least a millionaire. The mere fact that you are watching a video like this tells me that you are working to improve your financial outlook, and that alone puts you way ahead of most everyone else out there. Financial literacy will give you a huge leg up towards achieving your goals. If you have already woken up to the reality that you can do a better job of managing your money, then I am completely confident that not only will you succeed in becoming a millionaire, but most likely will become a multimillionaire. There is no reason why you can't, if you have time as your tailwind and don't get super unlucky. If you are struggling financially right now and are having a hard time paying your bills and or maybe you just got laid off and are struggling to find a job, then I want to first say I know it's a gut punch, but I also want to say that there's a silver lining. The silver lining is that learning comes from failures much more so than from successes. Real growth comes from hard times, not easy times. Use your struggles as the catalyst to change and get better. I've personally learned very little from my successes in life. When everything was going smoothly, I was on autopilot not pushing myself, and not really learning. All my real learnings and growth came from failure and setbacks, like getting laid off, or like losing money due to stupid decisions, or like failing at starting a new business. Use the power of loss, of setbacks, of being at the bottom, and let it catapult you to become who you want to become. The actions you make today will change your tomorrow. You probably don't need massive change. You most likely just need to make a bunch of little steps in the right direction to wildly change your life trajectory. A degree of change now can massively change where you will be a decade from now. Bill Gates once said we always overestimate the change that will occur in the next two years and underestimate the change that will occur in the next ten. Don't let yourself be lulled into inaction. Take each day as it comes and commit to yourself that you're going to make improvements. Forgive yourself for past mistakes and move forward. It doesn't matter what you did in the past. What matters is what you're doing now. So if you're down on your luck, then I'm here to tell you that I know it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I want to assure you that if you keep trying, you will find a way to succeed. I'm gonna show you how you can become a millionaire with an average job on an average income. It won't be sexy, it won't be quick, but I am confident you can do it. I'll also share some stupid mistakes I made along the way that if you avoid, should enable you to do a hell of a lot better than me. There is a saying that you are the sum of the five people closest to you. There is some validity to that, but regardless of who is around you, I want you to know that you can become whatever and whomever you want to become. People also say that everyone needs a mentor, someone to inspire you, stretch you, connect with you, help you expand your mind, all without being judged. I have started a free Discord where we now have around a thousand dividend investors on it, and it is growing all the time, where you can find mentors who are happy to help share their non-professional opinions with you. And there are three self-made millionaires on there that I know of. So take that first step and reach out on my Dividend Discord server and start interacting with other dividend investors who are interested to grow and learn. Take action today and your tomorrow has a better chance of success. Obviously, don't take it as financial advice. Okay, so what did I do? The first thing I did was focus on my career to drive up my income. Income is obviously important to drive into dividend investments. I started as a programmer in the 90s. My salary was pretty crappy at my first job. I started at like 30k a year. That's only 50k in today's dollars. So it was okay, but nothing to write home about. Originally, I didn't put much effort at moving up in my job. 
At that time, I cared more about partying, working out, playing video games, and generally just having fun. I also made the stake in my 20s of getting a new BMW E46 M3 and then proceeded to mod it out. I put on aftermarket wheels and tires, coilovers, struts, exhaust, rotors, software, etc. Looking back, it would have been smarter to just have gotten a cheap car and invested the rest, but it was a blast having it. One big conclusion I've come to in life is that you want balance in all things. Don't go crazy with investing. Don't go crazy being frugal. Don't go crazy spending too much. You need to enjoy life now because you have no idea what will happen in your next breath. I had a college friend who suddenly died from cancer. I had a relative who was biking on vacation, got hit by a car and died. So I believe it's important to enjoy life now, but also prepare for your future. It's a big mistake to defer all gratification as that time may never come. And in the same breath, don't be someone who doesn't defer anything and only splurges in the present. Be balanced in all things. As time went on, I started focusing more on my career. I looked for opportunities to take on more responsibility and on providing more value. I've always enjoyed team dynamics that I learned from playing sports and from playing multiplayer online games, and I saw how leadership was crucial for influencing people to achieve success. I got into reading management and leadership books and looked for opportunities to move into management at work, where I knew there was more money. I made sure my bosses would know my aspirations so they would also be on the lookout for opportunities for me. Another learning I've had is that while great bosses will work to know what makes you tick and what you want, most aren't great, so you need to understand their needs and motivations and carefully advocate for yourself, whether it's for a promotion or a raise or whatever. You need to do this with finesse so you don't shoot yourself in the foot. Okay, so the number two thing I did to grow wealth was that I started investing in my 401k at age 21 and continued investing in it as I moved through various jobs. As I left jobs, I'd roll my 401k into a self-directed IRA. Another option instead of rolling it over can be to leave it in the funds they're in if they are good ones. And by good, I mean they are very inexpensive and they are matching the returns of the broad stock market. Now, I've seen some videos and read some things that tell you not to invest in 401ks. I don't know what to say other than I totally disagree. A company 401k match is basically free money, and I've found that for many personalities, the incentives to invest and disincentives to withdraw from the 401k make it a great wealth generation vehicle for most people. That being said, there are two mistakes I made with my 401k investing. Number one was that I didn't know about expense ratios when I started investing in mutual funds and ETFs that I had to pick from. If you do invest in basket funds like that, then I recommend you understand the total returns you are making and how much you are paying for those returns. The number two mistake I made was that while I focused on building a 401k for myself, I didn't focus on building one for my wife. My jobs were salaried and offered 401ks, while her jobs were hourly and usually didn't offer a 401k. I was focused on my own investments rather than also be focused on hers, or rather, the lack of hers. I didn't open an IRA for her until relatively recently. So now I'll tell you some mistakes I've seen other people make with their 401ks. The biggest mistake is of course not investing to begin with. I've met countless really smart workers, even in their 40s and 50s, with zero in their retirement accounts. Like anything, it starts slowly, but if you keep at it, it gets large. At a minimum, you want to invest in whatever is needed to get the company matched, like I was saying, because that is basically free money. And if you can swing it, I try to contribute the max amount allowed every year. The next big mistake I've seen is that people cash out their 401ks when they leave a job rather than leave it in place or roll it over. You don't want to do that. Another mistake I saw was people taking loans out against their 401k. Now obviously if you need the money then you should explore all options, but generally speaking I found that if you can just keep investing in your 401k and never mess with it, it should grow nicely over time. Let's do some math on how you can become a millionaire just from your 401k if you start young. The median income in the US is $63,000 a year. Let's go more conservative and assume you make less than half of that. Let's assume you make $25,000 a year. Now some people talk about saving 50 or 60% of their income. 
Let's assume you save less than that and you save $2,500 a year or about 10% of your overall salary. That means you are investing only $210 a month. Let's invest that in a Roth so you can later avoid paying taxes. Let's take a look at a compound interest calculator on investor.gov. Let's also assume that you have $0 to start with. The average return for the last 90 years of the S&P 500 was 9.8%. So let's use 9.5% to be more conservative. If you invest $210 a month for 41 years, which is taking you from age 21 to age 62, you will end up with $1 million tax-free dollars. And that's using a lower return than the S&P 500 has averaged over 90 years, and it's assuming you make 25k a year, which is less than half the median income, and you aren't saving an enormous percentage of your salary. But that's not all you end up with. If you've been working all that time, you'll also get Social Security in the US. I know a lot of people freak out thinking that Social Security will be gone when they get to the age where they can collect. I'm very confident that it's not the case, simply due to the political hairball it would be due to how Social Security works. You see, even when the Social Security fund is empty, you'll still get paid because payroll taxes fund Social Security, so money is constantly pouring into it. So you see, even if it's empty, it just means your payout will be less, not that it'll be zero. So right now the average payout is $1,500 a month. If you are married and had a significant other, you'd be getting double that probably. Let's go conservative and assume a single working salary. Let's also assume they cut your Social Security benefits by 25%. That still leaves you with another $13,500 a year on top of your million in retirement. So yes, I'm fairly confident you can become at least a millionaire if you start young and don't get very unlucky. Just for fun, let's see what you would have in retirement if you put away about $100 a week into retirement starting at age 21, which is about $433 a month. Now we see that you ended over $2 million in retirement. That is the power of compounding and time, all with just putting a reasonable amount of money each month over your career. One trick I've learned is that you need to treat your savings and investments like a tax that you have to pay, not something that is nice to do. So just like paying taxes is non-negotiable and you have to figure out how you can do it, treat your investing the same way, and then use whatever remaining money you have to live on. Okay, let's move on. The number three thing I've done is invest in stocks above and beyond my 401k. One of the things I did was start a stock investment club with some friends, where we all met once a month and talked about what we wanted to invest in. We all had minimums we contributed each month and we created a company to ensure everything was clearly documented. Beyond that club, I also invested in stocks of my own. The key thing is to invest in quality consistently over a long period of time, regardless of the markets are up or down. Two strategies can work here. One is buying when the price is great, and the other is just keep buying. I think what matters more is your personality and what will keep you investing, rather than if you are a lump sum buyer or a DCAer. And of course, don't panic sell. Dividend stocks are often quality investments, but I wouldn't limit yourself just to dividend stocks. I also like to invest in companies like Google and Amazon, and everyone's favorite, Tesla. Probably the smartest thing to invest in is just inexpensive broad market ETFs like VTI or VU. That being said, I have made some mistakes with my stock investments. I lost money doing penny stocks early on. Yes, I also sometimes made money, but in my opinion it's just too risky and not worth doing. I also chased more speculative stocks when I was young, so I got hit harder when the markets crashed. Then again, the younger you are, the more risk you can handle. I also lost money chasing yield. By that I mean when I started getting into dividend investing, I was like, wow, this has an 8% yield. That's way better than 3%. So I invested in lower quality companies to see my dividends grow faster. Or so I thought. If you chase yield, you will probably get burned. It's just a matter of time. Chasing yield is a common trap newer investors fall into. But I'll just say that generally speaking, the higher the yield, the greater the risk with the stock. Something to think about as your finger hovers over that buy button. Remember that you can become a multimillionaire just with hitting singles rather than going for home runs. You just need time and consistency and quality. Nothing is a guarantee, 
but I've personally found it hard to lose out over the long term if you invest in quality and have a buy and hold mindset. Looking back, I'm grateful I started investing in the stock market like I did, but a regret, one that all investors seem to have, is that I didn't invest more when I was younger. I'm also grateful that I've stayed in equities rather than bonds. This has led to a more volatile ride for me, but I've had more upside than if I had invested in bonds. That being said, the experts say that your portfolio should have the same percentage of bonds as your age. So if you are 35, then you should have 35% of your portfolio in bonds. I think that's bad advice, but what do I know? And that brings me to the number four thing I've done, which is buy quality and hold it. Don't liquidate for profit unless you need to. Sometimes it might make sense to sell one stock to get into another, but try to avoid selling and using that money for material things. That being said, it might make sense to sell if you need the money and don't have other options. Now, some people who are getting into investing right now might be freaking out because of the relatively large drop in the stock market we recently had. There's an old saying that goes something like, bulls walk up the stairs while bears jump out the window. That just means that the market rises slowly, but when it falls, it falls fast, and right now it's falling pretty fast. I personally saw a loss of about 50% of my portfolio value on paper during the dot-com crash, and I saw the loss of another 50% of my portfolio value on paper during the 08 financial crisis. And the key learning is that I didn't ever panic sell, and I just kept plodding along forward, and all my gains came back and way more. I had multiple friends who panic sold and got out, and I have friends who are still sitting on the sidelines to this day. Sometimes when people's stocks go down, they freak out and sell. But ask yourself, if your house's estimate fell 20% on Zillow, would you rush out and sell it? Probably not, and if nothing is fundamentally changed with your investment and you research it well, then a 20% drop shouldn't bother you. In fact, if you calmly buy more or let you drip buy more, then you are probably a real investor. If you sell, then I'd say that stocks might not be the right cup of tea for you. So don't make the mistake of getting out of the market because you have taken a loss on paper. Just keep investing in quality, and over the long run, statistically, things should be great for you. Buying and holding is key if you're a dividend investor, because you have to let your gains compound. Time is huge, and that is why you want quality, because quality has the best odds of making it over decades. So what's happening in the market right now is not a big deal to me. Since my drip is always buying, then when the market falls like this, I appreciate the fact that I'm buying more shares faster. When the market goes up, I appreciate the fact that my overall portfolio is worth more. Win-win. One thing I do that helps me psychologically not be impacted by stock swings like this is that I somewhat see investing as a sunk cost. When I spend money to buy stocks, I kind of look at that the same way as when I spend money eating out at a restaurant. That money I spent is gone. So I now see investing the same way. It's just something I do and it's a privilege I get to enjoy because it lets me and my future generations become wealthier. So I invest and I treat that money as if it's gone. It doesn't phase me anymore if the stock drops 10% the next day, just like it doesn't phase me if the restaurant I ate at drops their prices the next day. It's a sunk cost and the money is gone. I can tell you now that I'm almost emotionless when it comes to paper losses. It means almost nothing to me. Now obviously I know that stocks can be converted back into money, but that's not the mindset I try to have. I only think about doing that if I find something I believe the money can be better used on. So I always try to stay invested, and if I sold a stock it was to get into a different stock I felt had more promise or that was more aligned with my goals. The one time I did sell some stocks for profit was when I wanted to buy my first house. So that leads me to the number five thing I did to become a multimillionaire, and that was to invest in real estate. Some people will tell you that your house isn't an asset, and under the definition that an asset is only something that puts cash flow into your pocket, then they would be definitionally correct. I understand their point, but I see it a bit differently. My experience has shown me that both your 401k and your house can be great investments. Houses are kind of like gold in that they're an asset, but an asset that just sits there and often slowly appreciates, but isn't throwing off cash flow unless you're renting it out. I found houses are a great forced way of savings, even though a lot of your money will be initially going to interest rather than principal. So for people who have a hard time saving, a house might be worth something considering. 
And of course, don't blindly accept everything you hear or read, whether it's from a famous author or some idiot on YouTube like me. So I bought my first house for a great price, a price cheaper than my realtor said the buyer would accept. I paid that house off fast for the years I lived there and then moved and sold it, making a huge profit. It really blew my mind because the profit I made was more than multiple years of me working. It surprised me that I could live in a place I love and then sell it and make a ton of money. Looking back, it probably would have been smarter to just keep the place and rent it out. That being said, after trying rentals, I came to the conclusion that even though they can make a ton of money, I wasn't interested in dealing with the various real estate hassles and instead preferred stocks. But I think everyone should explore real estate investments to see if they love them, as many people do. One mistake I once made with real estate was not writing a contract because the deal was with my relatives. I ended up losing a lot of money on that one because we each had different memories as to what the deal was and not wanting to have strife with them, I ate the loss and moved on. I also have experience with commercial real estate and came to the conclusion that I still prefer stocks over anything else, but if I was going to do more real estate then I'd do triple net lease multi-tenant commercial as that was the most passive and with the least headache. The number six thing you should consider doing is starting your own business up. I failed starting a tech company before the dot com crash, but I learned a ton. You don't need a grandiose business or side hustle. You can also do something simple to make more money, like Uber or Lyft, then take any profits and invest it wisely. That being said, I recommend that everyone start up a digital side hustle business today if they haven't yet. A simple and fun one is YouTube. Think of something you love, whether it's fishing or video gaming or whatever, and then start a YouTube channel about that topic. You'll learn new skills in creating and editing videos and how to start and grow a YouTube channel and how social media marketing works. You will have fun if you stick with it, you can make money at it. It's never too late to start. Remember Bill Gates' advice. I also think that starting a digital side hustle is a great way to hedge against the future, or rather, to help position yourself for the future. The number seven thing you need to do is spend your money intelligently. I've never paid any credit card interest in my life. I always made sure I could pay off what I bought or I wouldn't buy it. I've always treated my credit cards as debit cards that got me free airline miles or free stock. So if you have any bad debt, like credit cards, pay it off quickly. I also created an emergency fund for my family. I recommend at least three months, ideally more. I also quickly paid off student debt and then always tried to buy cars in cash. One mistake I've made was I've never been someone who budgeted. I mean, I always spent less than I made, but if I wanted something, I'd get it. I spent too much on the wedding, and while it was fun, it would have been nice to invest that instead. Don't tell my wife I said that. I also bought stuff that was wasteful. I bought a Rolex, which I still have, sitting in a safe. I should have just invested that. One area where I've enjoyed spending money was traveling. That was something my wife and I have loved, and every year we go to different countries. The number eight thing you need to do is spend your time wisely. The most valuable asset you have is time. Use some of your free time working out and to stay healthy. Eat healthy too. Again, you don't need to deprive yourself of fun stuff. Just be balanced. Consider spending your time reading more and learning more about your craft, or learn something you can monetize or improve in yourself. Spend tons of time with your friends and family. I've never regretted time I've spent with friends or family. I've wasted tons of time playing video games, I mean crazy amounts of time. So now I've gotten more balanced with my gaming and I do things like play games with my son and daughter. Right now we're playing Bloom 6 together. Also spend time networking and keeping your relationships warm. What I mean is that when you meet someone new, don't just add them to your LinkedIn and never talk to them again. Come up with a schedule where you reach out to them at least once a year to say hi and see how they're doing. Find out what they're doing and see if they need anything. Be the person that helps them. Trust me, you don't want to reach out to your contact list when you need something. Instead, be scratching their itches. That actually leads me to one of the secrets I've learned about networking over the years. A lot of people go to networking events with a mindset of finding people who can help them. The secret I've learned about networking was to do the exact opposite. Go into an event and try to find people who you can help. That will do wonders for your future.
The number nine thing I've learned is not to be a perfectionist. Instead, favor delivery over perfection. There is a saying in writing, don't get it right, get it written. So if you want to start a blog or a book, then just do it, and don't worry if it's not perfect. Don't let perfection be the enemy of good, my old CEO used to say. Keep driving forward. The same is true with YouTube. If I didn't time box my videos, I'd keep working on them because they were never perfect. Quality is king on YouTube, so it's easy to keep improving something rather than publish it. But you have to keep moving forward, so time box your projects and then deliver with quality. Don't get paralyzed by your own standards. That mindset of delivery over perfection has helped my career and my side hustles and ultimately has helped me grow my wealth. And remember, failure isn't the person who falls off the horse. Failure is the person who doesn't get back on the horse or doesn't even try in the first place. You gotta keep driving forward and not give up. Let others give up, not you. Finally, number 10, I want you to think big, create your vision of the future and take lots of small steps to get there. As you think about what business you wanna create, think about how you can leverage the scale of billions of people around the world being on the internet. Don't be constrained in your thinking about who or where you are today or what you've done in the past. Focus on where you want to go. You can be whatever you focus on. Maybe you're overweight, but you want a six pack. Make that happen. Maybe you need to get into a better relationship. Maybe a millionaire is too low of a bar for you. It all starts with number 10, which is to envision the future you want for yourself. I could have made this one number one since it's about creating the vision of what you want to become or where you want to take things, but I thought that'd be a little too touchy feely. So I'd start with something more tangible like your career and your investments and such. So there you go. Those are the 10 things to do to basically assure yourself of becoming at least a millionaire, if not more. Thanks for being here. And as always, don't forget to join the Dividend Discord channel. Cheers. I believe in you. You're awesome. And I'll chat with you soon. Remember, I'm not a financial advisor. And these videos are for entertainment, inspiration, and educational purposes only. Investing of any kind involves risk. I'm only sharing my opinion with no guarantee of gains or losses on investments. Don't use this information without double checking it and talking to someone a lot smarter than me after you completely understand it. So I'll see you in the next video and remember to stay positive, patient, play for the long term, keep investing in great companies, budget reasonably and win. I know you can do it. Just like I know you can hit the subscribe, like and bell icons, share this video with others and comment below.